I'm Mark Kane with the World Economic Forum. And I'm Miriam Vogel with Equal AI. And this is In AI We Trust. Hey, Mark, good to see you. Happy New Year. Hello, Miriam. Happy New Year. It's great to see you too. I'm so excited to get started this year off with one of our conversations, but so sad that this will be one of our final conversations on NAI We Trust. Yes, well, uh, let's not bury the lead. So I have an announcement to make. Uh, this will be my last episode of NAI We Trust. Uh, I am moving on from my role at the World Economic Forum, uh, but fortunately, I'm going to be handing the baton uh, for the show to my wonderful colleague uh, and, and real AI leader and thought leader, Kay Firth Butterfield, who I know is going to be uh, an excellent replacement and uh, probably an upgrade, frankly. So um, uh, I'm, I'm sad that this is the last episode, but I'm really happy to get the chance to reflect on all the ground that we've covered in the last year. Well, Mark, you will be missed. You've been a phenomenal partner in getting this discussion going and keeping it interesting uh, and keeping us fired up about the world of responsible AI. And I'm so looking forward to these conversations with Kay, but uh, you know, I really have been giving some thought to how much fun we've had over the past year in this passion we both share for uh, AI and how it can be better if we are thoughtful and prudent and thinking about how to make sure it's trustworthy at this poignant time. So I guess as we reflect on our past eight months together, um, first of all, we'd love to hear your thoughts. What have been some of the highlights for you in 2021? Gosh, it, it's been a huge year, and 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 I agree. It's it's been a lot of fun. It's also been uh, incredibly informative, and I have learned a ton through the process of bringing on so many amazing guests to our show. So, you know, just kind of maybe slicing and dicing based on the sectors of the people that we had. I'll just venture a couple of of, of kind of high level thoughts about what really stood out for me in 2021. So one is the government side. So we started the year uh, with a lot of legislative activity in the US around the Algorithmic Accountability Act, around uh, the report of the National Security Commission on AI. Um, so more on the executive side. Uh, we obviously had the Biden administration come in, make some very prominent appointments of people who had uh, really thought a lot about AI, people like Alondra Nelson, uh, in the OSDP and, and many others. And it really just signaled that this was going to be a big period for policy in the US around AI. Now, of course, there have also been a lot of other things going on in US policy uh, and time flies. And we're now looking out towards another midterm election this year. So, you know, what comes of all of that exactly uh, will have to be seen. But I think that, you know, 2021 was the year of, of, of AI policy in the US and abroad, of course, not to forget the EU AI Act or many other processes elsewhere. I think we've kind of you know, shifted from first gear to second gear, let's say, in terms of AI policy. Um, on the business side, you know, I just was astonished at the sophistication and the earnestness with which our guests from the private sector are approaching AI ethics and also AI for good. Um, there were guests at various different stages of the journey. We had people who were literally the leading lights of this space who had literally written the book on how to do AI responsibly in business. And then we had huge companies that were, you know, midway through or at the beginning of their journeys. And um, 
I, I guess I saw 2021 on that side as a year where uh, that conversation really matured mm -hmm. and it, it kind of shifted from being just a conversation to being a practice and a community and a, um, a real kind of movement um, within the private sector. So I'll pause there. Curious what, what jumped out uh, for you. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not just been a big year uh, for AI, but a really big step forward for responsible AI. It's become a term that is more used, uh, starting to be more understood, and starting to infiltrate different sectors. And in some ways, our launch episode encapsulated it, whether we intended it or not. You know, we had it hosted, was kindly, um, uh, Georgetown Law School agreed to launch, help us launch it and Dean Trainer uh, help us send it off. And, and I think that's a really important statement that the academic community is starting to be aware of this and think about uh, where the legal constructs are, where the policy angles are, where the concerns are, where the gaps are. Um, we had a Congresswoman, uh, Yvette Clark, who uh, was co-author of the Algorithmic Accountability Act and a real proponent of responsible AI and ensuring that we have the lens of AI responsibility as the next step in the civil rights movement. I think she says it so perfectly and passionately. She's very excited about AI. She uh, talks about her own uh, history and childhood as being somebody who's very excited about the power and uh, potential of innovation and technology, but very mindful uh, that it can go awry quickly if we don't have our eye on uh, the potential hazards. Um, and we had uh, a, a really fruitful discussion about what might happen with the new administration, with the new Congress. Uh, as you said, we were starting with a bang, with a tremendous value add with the NDAA that was passed at the end of 2020, giving billions of, of investment to research, to, uh, to AI uh, across the board, in and outside of government. Um, and, and I think we've seen some really productive steps forward, even in that short time frame. Um, as you said, we've seen um, the FTC uh, out, right out of the gates talking about this is going to be something that they will use all the power in their purview to ensure that they uh, are, are monitoring and to make sure that uh, that companies are held accountable for being responsible with their AI, being responsible for how they market, what they can and cannot do, and making sure they have the necessary checks in place. Uh, we then saw CFPB talk about this as being part of their role. EEOC has, has talked about their efforts to ensure that AI used in hiring um, under their purview is also in check. And then we've seen NIST come out with a strong lead in taking the baton that, that Congress handed them and creating a framework that uh, will help us ensure that we have best practices at this time where in some ways AI is uh, lawless. It doesn't have clear guidelines. Even if you want to follow the laws, I'm very sensitive and, and uh, sympathetic as a lawyer that it's somewhat hard to do right now. Which state are you talking about? Because new states have popped up with different laws. Which country are you talking about? Which federal agency's purview are you talking about? It's complicated, let alone that all the companies we work with are global. And so uh, they don't have the, the 
comfort of just relying on one state or one country's uh, regulations and rules of the road. They need to try and navigate a global construct. And I guess when I think back on 2021, what I'm most excited about is that we got to play some small role in helping to navigate that space um, through these discussions and through the badge program that we launched together in 2021 to help um, to help senior executives navigate those who understand that this has to be a priority for them, that really almost all companies are AI companies now, and they cannot proceed without a governance plan. And so helping them answer the question of what does that look like? How do I do it? Um, has really been something I'm proud of, excited about, and, and can't wait to do more of in 2022. Well, I'll just piggyback on that before we turn to the next topic and just say, you know, I'm chuckling because I think if there was one word that I heard more of in 2021 than I had heard in any previous year, perhaps all of my previous years put together, it was the word operationalization. Bit of a mouthful, but the, the basic point was that, you know, up until last year, maybe the year before, there was so much talk about AI ethics, figuring out what should the ethical principles be for which, you know, under which AI is, is governed. Um, and that work continues, but what is really important now and what 2021 really brought to the fore is, okay, we need to actually move beyond that and say, how do we bake those principles into the way that we develop our products, the way that we interact with our customers, the way that we inform people about how an uh, AI is being used in making a decision, whatever it may be. And I think that um, everything you just said, I think really um, neatly falls under that banner because the rubber's hitting the road. Like you say, every company is to some degree an AI company or is to some degree interfacing with AI. The same can be said increasingly for government agencies, uh, civil society, philanthropy. And so figuring out how we actually do it, this sort of nitty gritty um, is something that I think we can look back on 2021 and say, you know, that is now the focus of the space. Uh, and I think 2022, uh, we're going to see a lot more of that. So maybe we can segue there just to thinking a little bit about, you know, what might be in store for the next year and what are you excited about? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Anything that you're concerned about as the new year kicks off? Thank you for that question. Yes, yeah, something I'm giving a lot of thought to. Um, and I think a, a piece I forgot to mention is part of the perfect answer here. Part of our launch, Roger McNamee, you know, uh, one of the luminaries in this field of technology who has been a strong proponent for decades. He has been an important part of building the, the tech that we now rely on. Uh, and he's now become one of the biggest proponents of understanding the dangers that lie with unchecked, unregulated technology. Um, and so being able to launch our podcast with him and his warning of, I've seen this go awry, now is the time to act. We don't have any time to wait. And I think that's something that I hope will uh, be a forcing function for us as we think about our actions in 2022. Um, I think, you know, there's been, as we talked about, strong developments throughout government um, and in companies in starting to understand their responsibility and ensuring that they not only reduce their liability, but don't 
don't spread harm, don't spread discrimination, that they don't scale past discrimination and create new discrimination uh, that will be harder to detect, but ultimately they will be liable for. It's just down the road when it'll be harder to untangle at that point because there will be so many interconnected AI systems, they will be so deeply embedded. Um, I think it's the right time for us to understand, take a step back, um, understand how AI is influencing nearly every part of our life from the Spotify algorithms to the Netflix Netflix um, algorithms that have suggested our, our entertainment while we've been stuck in quarantines, um, uh, the, the, the medicinal adva uh, advances, the, the pharmaceutical advances, um, thinking through all the ways that algorithms are determining uh, how we'll identify hotspots with COVID and other upcoming challenges, uh, making sure that vulnerable populations are uh, are noted, that they are uh, part of our purview, that they're part of our awareness, uh, and, and just a basic um, calculation of who is and is not represented in our data, who is and is not at the table when we're making these decisions and drafting these algorithms, I think they're starting to be more understanding that algorithms are opinions. And as uh, one of our very first uh, episode interviews with Kathy O'Neill said it best, uh, for whom will this fail? I think this is the year where we start to think, for whom will this fail so that in future years, we can reap the benefits of the AI that we are now creating and ensure that we have more inclusive AI, uh, that there's less liability for companies, and better yet, more consumers who can benefit from the AI. Um, but I'll pause there and, and ask you, um, Thinking back on our conversations, which ones do you think will uh, propel us, should propel us forward as we jump into 2022? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> and there are so many, I, I think, you know, in a sense, I hope all of them propel us mm -hmm. because there was not a single conversation that I didn't learn something or get some sort of perspective that helped me refine my own vision and and kind of aspiration for the space i think a few that jump out or at least thematically a few things that jump out um you know you mentioned the conversation with representative yvette clark uh, we also had uh some conversations with with other policymakers or at least policy adjacent people who are thinking a lot about policy i think i would um take forward from those that that you know, as you say, the policy is absolutely necessary. Um, it is probably not going to be a kind of slam dunk, you know, open and close the docket kind of process. You know, the EU AI Act that I mentioned in my earlier answer, 2022 may be spent entirely in negotiations. We may not have a final law in the EU until 2023. In the US, you know, there may be um, uh, headwinds that come because of the midterm elections, et cetera. I think that the key with, with, with there, and, and this is you know really the spirit of some of the uh, interviewees that we had is just to keep pushing and be creative, you know, be strategic, but also be opportunistic. You know, it may be that uh, legislative approaches need to be put on hold for a while. And you know, luckily there's a robust team in the executive branch to to work to push there. Um, so I think that just to, to kind of have the resilience, have the grit to just keep plodding onwards, you know, it's not going to be the best case scenario ever with policy. Um, so that's one. I think on the business side, 
it, one thing that really jumped out at me, we talked to folks like Seth Dobrin from IBM, um, and we talked to, to, to other folks who were kind of in, in, in the bigger, you know, businesses. We talked to um, Kush Varshi from IBM, et cetera. Uh, I think one thing that I found enticing about those conversations is that I caught a glimmer of these large companies really starting to think of ethics as a competitive differentiator for themselves, not just a compliance task that they need to do to make sure that they've covered their, um, you know what, uh, and, you know, avoid liability and some of the other things that you mentioned. Now, um, it's all going to be, you know, a, a sort of holistic package for each company. It's not just going to be about one or the other, but seeing these companies start to, you know, actually look at that as being like a part of their brand is that they uh, can be trusted to do the right thing um, and that they're going to, you know, need to demonstrate uh, that that trust is is well earned. That to me is something that I hope we can see more of um, from some of the conversations we had. Last thing I'll say is um, you mentioned Kathy O'Neill. Uh, we also had um, and have had uh, some amazing folks uh, who who are involved in similar work as her in terms of um, auditing, assessing, evaluating um, algorithms, companies who use algorithms, um, teams within companies who are building those algorithms, etc. And I think I would love to see, and I'm already seeing positive signs of this, just a much more robust commercial and non-commercial ecosystem around that kind of third party assessment. I think that um, we all have our blind spots. A lot of the companies that are adopting AI, um, you know, have a lot of other imperatives. So just bringing in that expertise from the outside and developing a really robust ecosystem of experts who can do that work in a credible way. Um, I would love to see more of that. And I hope that we do. Agreed, agreed. And I, I really take your point that if we took something from each of the conversations, we would be in the best position to move forward uh, quickly um, and and responsibly. I, I think, as you said, I mean, we have heard such deep insights. People are aware. They know um, that AI can be a, a forcing function for innovation and for changing our lives for the better, improving our health, improving our economy, improving our efficiency. Um, but only if we are careful to ensure that, as we always say, we don't scale past discrimination through code uh, that is, you know, hidden under a black box. And and, and um, as I think back on some of the conversations we've had with those who are taking steps forward from, you know, the academic and nonprofit side, Kathy O'Neill, Meredith Broussard, Alexandra Givens, Oren Itzioni, uh, so many Vilas Dar uh, who are on the sidelines, they've done the research, they're putting it out there for all of us to move forward quickly. Um, and then you've got the policymakers uh, from Australia. I think the conversation we had with human rights commissioner thinking that he was so forward thinking uh, that he knows that human rights can and must think about AI use and, and how it will impact our opportunities as well as our challenges if we're not mindful at this critical juncture. Uh, I love the conversation with NIST, with Elham Tabasi, talking about that talking with us, with the people, with the public is their secret sauce. I just think um, that says so much about how they have been so impactful and uh, gives us 
confidence, helps us build trust that they are trying to uh, engender in the companies who are creating AI. Uh, so I think that's also a model in um, I, practicing what you preach. You know, I think in being transparent, as so many of these conversations have been, as well as, as you say, with the companies we've spoken to, Kathy Baxter at Salesforce and IBM, Seth and Kush and Microsoft and Navrina Singh and uh, so many of these companies, Humana, uh, who are being really thoughtful about how they can build trust by doing this properly. And, and I think, as you mentioned, what I'm most excited about for 2022 and going forward is that this can be a competitive advantage and smart companies are starting to realize that, that AI can be good. It can be used for good. It can propel good. And if you build the trust with your consumer base, um, it's that much easier to have impact and, and sell your product. So it's a win-win all around, um, as well as avoiding liability. So um, I, I think that I am really energized, as you said, from from our the conversations we've been so privileged to have uh, over the past year and really looking forward to seeing where we can help move the needle forward in 2022. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what a great, um, what a great sort of 30,000 foot view of everything to, to take right now as we start the new year, as we transition uh, the, the hosting of the podcast to Kay. Um, I guess, you know, maybe I'll close with um, the question that we have asked all of our guests uh, all throughout. And um, uh, I think for me, it's very easy. Uh, so the rose, thorn, and bud, for those who don't remember, um, for me, you know, we've been at this big ecosystem level view uh, for the last few minutes, but I'm going to take it down to the very micro personal level. You know, the rose for me right now, finishing this conversation, is that um, I've just had such an incredible and extraordinary experience doing this podcast with you, with all of our guests, with all of our listeners. It has been a real professional highlight. I have learned so much and had so much fun. Uh, the thorn is the flip side of that, which is that I'm sad that I won't be uh, logging in every week or two to interview one of the most interesting people uh, that I've ever met, which everyone consistently was. Um, but the bud is that I will um, take off my hosting hat and put on my uh, listener and uh, podcast fan number one hat, and I will just really look forward to everything that you and Kay do this year on the podcast and to um, listening, giving feedback and, um, and and being a supporter and a cheerleader from the outside. Mark, I don't think we could end on a more inspiring or positive note. Thank you for the time you've spent over the past year uh, helping to invite and solicit and drive these conversations. Thank you for all that you've illuminated for me. Thank you for being a wonderful partner in this effort to highlight the benefits of AI and, and how we do this in a responsible way, how we navigate these uncharted territories. Uh, it's just been such a pleasure to have these conversations with you and to partner with you in so many different ways. And I look forward to hearing about all the great things you're going to be doing in the coming years. Well, thank you so much, Miriam. It is all uh, so mutual and it has been such a pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, following the podcast and to uh, keeping in touch with you and all of our listeners in the in the months ahead. Thank you, Mark. Well, wishing you and all of our listeners a very, very happy 2022 and excited about all the good things hopefully we'll be seeing in the coming year. 
Amen to that. Bye, Miriam. Bye, Mark. You have just listened to In AI We Trust, hosted by Miriam Vogel from Equal AI and me, Mark Kane from the World Economic Forum. Subscribe to or download our podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. We always welcome your feedback. And if you like the podcast, please rate us or give us a review. And to learn more or get involved, please visit us at www.equalai.org and www.weforum.org. And a special thanks to NP Agency, without whom this podcast would not be possible. 